Eve nor gathering in Washed like snow and free from all sin I will shout and I will sing When the redeemed are gathering in I am thinking of our rapture in our blessed home on high But when the redeemed are gathering in I will raise a heavenly anthem in that city in the sky When the redeemed are gathering in When the redeemed are gathering in Washed like snow and free from all sin I will shout and I will sing There will be a great procession over all the streets of gold When the redeemed are gathering in Oh, when music once singing, oh, the city will be home When the redeemed are gathering in When the redeemed are gathering in Wash like snow I will shout and I will sing when the redeemed are gathering in. Saints will sing redemption's story with their voices clear and strong when the redeemed are gathering in. Then the angels all will listen for they cannot join the song when the redeemed are gathering in when the redeemed are gathering in washed like snow free from all sin I will shout and I will sing when the redeemed are gathering in then the Savior will give orders to when the redeemed are gathering in And we'll hear His invitation Come be blessed of the Lord When the redeemed are gathering in When the redeemed are gathering in Wash like snow Free from all sin I will shout See when the redeemed are gathering in. When the redeemed are gathering in, wash like snow and free from all sin. I will shout and I will sing when the redeemed are gathering in. Amen. We just want to welcome all of you to here tonight and those who may be streaming. We're glad you can join us. Let's keep in the same key. Fill my way with love. Let me walk, blessed Lord, in the way thou hast gone, leading straight to the land above. 
everywhere to the sad and the low. Fill my way every day with love. Fill my way every day with love. As I walk with the heavenly dove, let me go all the while with the sun and a smile. Fill my way every day with love. Keep me close to the side of my Savior and God. Let me never in darkness roam. Keep my path free from wrath and my soul satisfied. Fill my way every day with love. My way every day with love as I walk with the heavenly dove. Let me go all the while with the sun and a smile. Fill my way every day with love. Soon the race will be your and I'll travel no more. But abide in my home above Let me sing, bless the King All the way to the shore Fill my way every day with love so Fill my way every day with love As I walk with the heavenly dove Let me go with the sun and smile Fill my way every day with love Let me walk, bless the Lord in the way Thou hast gone Leading straight to the land above Giving cheer everywhere to the sad and the low Fill my way every day with love my way every day with love as I walk with the heavenly dove. Let me go all the while with the sun and smile. Fill my way every day with love. Fill my way every day with love as I walk with let me go all the while with the song and the smile Fill my way every day with love Amen. I shall not be moved Savior, I shall not be moved In His love and favor I shall not be moved just like the tree that's planted by the waters. I shall not be moved. I shall not be, I shall not be moved. I shall not be, I shall not be moved just like the tree that's planted by the waters. I shall not be moved 
by Christ abiding, I shall not be moved. In this love I'm hiding, I shall not be moved. Just like the tree that's planted by the waters, I shall not be moved. I shall not be, I shall not be moved. I shall not be, I shall not be moved Just like the tree that's planted by the waters I shall not be moved If I trust Him ever, I shall not be moved He will fail me never, I shall not be moved Just like the tree that's planted by the waters I shall not be moved I shall not be, I shall not be moved I shall not be, I shall not be moved Just like the tree that's planted by the waters I shall not be His word I'm feeding, I shall not be moved. He's the one that's leading, I shall not be moved. Just like the tree that's planted by the waters, I shall not be moved. I shall not be, I shall not be moved. I shall I shall not be moved just like the tree that's planted by the waters. I shall not be moved. Glory, hallelujah, I shall not be moved. Anchored in Jehovah, I shall not be moved just like the tree that's planted by the waters. I shall not be moved I shall not be, I shall not be moved I shall not be, I shall not be moved Just like the tree that's planted by the waters I shall not be moved There's not many prayer requests tonight, but I know that there's a few here. I just want to remember Brother Barry and Sister Becky. Uh, they're still sick and, and still recovering, and we just ask that give them your prayers. And Also, we had this request, uh, a Brother Lindell. He's in the hospital uh, with infectious kidney trouble. We just ask that you remember him. And also just uh, Brother Keith as well. I was talking to Mitch Sunday, and he's not doing too well, so we just also want to remember him. There's nothing else here that I see, but um, Aiden, if you want to come up and come up and just give these prayers to the Lord here. Let's play. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for this time to come here during the middle of the week and just have a break from everything else around and hear your word. We pray that you'll bless these prayer requests. 
We love you and thank you. In Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Also, Lincoln has a special for us. Uh, while he's getting ready, let's uh, sing that again. G here. I shall not be, I shall not be moved. I shall not be, I shall not be moved. Just like the tree that's planted by the waters. I shall not be moved. One more time. I shall not be, I shall not be moved. I shall not be, I shall not be moved just like the tree that's planted by the waters. I shall not be moved. This is a song that I know all of you guys are familiar with, so please sing along with me.
Thank you, Lincoln. Let's put in the key of G. I stand in awe of you. You are beautiful beyond description.
of your love You are beautiful beyond description Majesty Yes, I stand, I stand in awe of you. I stand, I stand in awe of you. Holy God, to whom all praise is due, I stand. In awe of you. Amen. How great thou art. Be flat. Oh Lord, my God, when I in awesome wonder. Consider all the worlds thy hands have made. I see the stars, I hear the rolling thunder, the path My soul, my Savior God, to Thee, how great Thou art, how great Thou art, and sings my 
Thou art, how great. 
As the minister would come out at this time, let's speed up again. Uh, wonderful, key of F. Oh, my heart sings today, sings for joy and gladness. Jesus saves, satisfies, banishes my sadness. Guilt is gone, peace with mine, peace like to a river. Jesus wonders, wonderful, mighty to deliver. Wonderful, wonderful, Jesus is to me. He's my counselor, Prince of Peace, mighty God is He. Saving me, keeping me from all sin and shame. Wonderful is my Redeemer, praise His name. Once a slave, now I'm free, free from condemnation. Jesus gives liberty and a full salvation. Now the sins of the past have been all forgiven. And my name is inscribed on the book of heaven. Wonderful, wonderful. Wonderful is my Redeemer, praise His name. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap. Hallelujah. 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 Certainly appreciate the opportunity to be here with you tonight. It's been a little while, but uh, certainly glad to be here. I see I missed a good barn fire. I saw the games back there and the axes, and oddly enough, I was just thinking another day about throwing axes, and I never thrown an axe before in my life. <laughs> and I saw the axes on the floor. I said, what was that for? And the brother said, oh, we had 
axe throwing with the uh, barn fire. I said, well, I guess I missed that one. But uh, did anybody here throw any axes? Did you do good? <laughs> I wouldn't even know where to start, so I don't know if somebody was able to give instructions of that or not. But, uh, but I hope you had a good time. I appreciate the opportunity to be here in the pastor's absence. Uh, praying for him to God a prosperous trip over in Africa. I know he's been there a number of times, and, and uh, he seems to have a heart there and an opportunity to work. So uh, pray God prosper his efforts. Uh, but if you have your Bibles, I'm going to invite you to stand with me for a little while, just a little while. We've got three scriptures here we want to read. Out of the book of St. Matthew, the seventh chapter. St. Matthew, the seventh chapter. Don't plan to be long tonight. Don't know how long we will be. That's up to the Lord. But I don't feel like we should be lengthy in our thought. It's a very simple thought, but I pray it be a blessing to you. Matthew chapter 7, verse 21. And before we read, let's bow for a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I just want to thank you tonight, Lord, for being as gracious, O oh Lord, and Savior that you are to us, Lord, that you could, Lord, pay such an such a awesome price. Lord, to redeem us back to yourself. Lord, we ask sincerely as we know how that you forgive us of our sins. And Lord, as we come here tonight, Lord, we don't want to come in vain, Lord. We don't want to waste an opportunity, but Lord, we want to assemble in your name with full assurance in our heart, Lord, that you're present. And if you're present, Lord, it's because you have something in your heart that you care to do, Lord, for us as well as for yourself. Lord, I pray all be accomplished according to your will. Bless the service, Lord. Help me to move aside. May you take the thought that you put on my heart anointed afresh, Lord, that it will be effective to those that will hear here tonight, myself included. Lord, we commit the service into your hands. Asking your grace in all things, in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Matthew chapter 7, verse 21. And I do ask, uh, I think it was mentioned in a prayer request, but I was going to mention it again. A good friend of ours, Brother Lottie L. Ziegler, is in the hospital. And uh, Doctors are not exactly sure what's wrong with him. They know he's got some infection in his arms that's causing some very serious pain in his body. And uh, he's also having some kidney troubles. And so they're talking about possibility of dialysis. So um, they got him on some strong medication trying to keep him comfortable, but it's not allowed him to even have his right mind while he's on that medication. So be praying for him if the Lord puts it on your heart. He certainly can use it. Matthew chapter 7, verse 21 says, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say unto me that day, Lord, Lord, have not we prophesied in thy name? In thy name have cast out devils, and thy name done many wonderful works. And I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Let's just bow our heads again. Dear Lord, I want to thank you for the reading of your word. That's as far as we can go as a man. Lord, I pray you bring out of it tonight what you'll have your children to know. Speak to our hearts. We ask in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. My title tonight is Knowing God. Knowing God. But my real thought behind that is not so much you knowing God, but, but God knowing you. And it's uh, not a strange to find people in this world, especially in the hour that we live in, that don't know God. They may have heard about him in some form or some measure, whether it be intellectual or through church relationship or whatever it might be. They at least intellectually believe there is a God, this is a supreme being somewhere, but don't actually know him in a personal way. 
It's like the group Paul found in the book of uh, Acts on the book of uh, above on Mars Hill. Acts chapter 17, verse 22, it says, Then Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill and said, Ye men of Athens, I perceive that in all things ye are too superstitious. For as I passed by, I beheld your devotions. I found an altar with this inscription to the unknown God. See, they believed that there was a supernatural being. They believed that there was a God. But to say they knew him, they did not. But yet, intellectually, they had enough sense to recognize we didn't come from apes. Man didn't just fall out of thin air. Something had to put us here. Something had a conscience to make man. Something had a conscience to make this earth. And they believed there was a God. But they didn't know who he was, so they had this tomb to the unknown God because they had many tombs to gods that people had put names to. But just in case they left one out, they wanted to put something there that they could say, this is for you. So these people didn't know God in a real knowing sense, in a real relationship. And they didn't even know really what his name was. But our text doesn't deal with those type of people. Matthew 7 is not a group of people that only believed in God. But it's about a people that actually believed in the true God and they knew his name. Because Matthew 7, 22 says, many shall say unto me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils and in thy name have done many wonderful works. So we're not talking about people who are complete stranger to God. They had some knowledge of God and they actually had some degree of relationship with God. And they actually knew him by name and had done things and performed works in his name and had results doing it. Are you watching me? So these people had some knowledge of relationship with God. Yet God said to them, listen, now watch his comments. I never knew you. Now, to the average man, that might sound strange that there could actually be a people on earth that God would say to them, I never knew you. And they did the works in his name. And yet God could make such a statement. It almost seems that God is saying that somehow or another there was a lack of knowledge on his part because when we say I don't know something, similarly what we're saying is I don't understand or I don't perceive something. But we know that the Bible says God is all-knowing, so that obviously can't be what he's saying when he says I never knew you. He's not trying to profess I didn't know anything about you. That's not his comment. If you look at the message, Brother Man said take on the whole arm of God. He explains here how God has an omniscient mind and knows all things. He says, and I believe that he knowed, listen, from the very beginning, everything that ever would be. So obviously, if he knowed everything from the beginning that ever would be, he had to know who these people were. Now watch this. If God is infinite, he knows every flea that would ever be on the earth, every gnat, and how many times it would bat his eye, and how much talent it would make together, all together. Brother Bam said, that's infinite. So if this is God's knowledge and know all things, obviously when he said, I never knew you, he's not talking about the capacity to understand or comprehend what is or what was or what will be. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about a certain way in which he never knew them. He's referring more or less to a type of relationship that they never had with him. You see, we see this word that the Bible uses to describe know is really talking about an intimacy of relationship much in the same capacity that you would see a man talking about his wife after they're married. If you watch the Bible in the book of Genesis chapter 4, we'll see how the Bible uses this word in a certain context. In Genesis 4.1, it says, And Adam knew his wife, 
And she conceived and bare Cain and said, I've gotten a man from the Lord. So now we're recognizing that when the Bible is talking about knowing, it's really talking about a certain type of relationship. And if you look in that same chapter, Genesis chapter 4, verse 17, it's used that same example again. The Bible said, and Cain knew his wife, and she conceived and bare Enoch and built a city and called the name of that city after the name of his son Enoch. So we see here in Genesis chapter 4, there's two clear examples when the Bible starts talking about knowing something, or in this particular context of knowing, it's not talking about knowledge, but it's more or less talking about relationship. And I want to make it real plain, the relationship it's talking about is relationship that was ordained for the purpose of bringing forth life. Are you following me? So the term here is talking about the oneness between a man and a woman, and in particular the one and a woman as, is, as it was ordained to bring forth life. If you also go to Genesis chapter 38, verse 7, I want to give you another example of the same thing. If you look at Genesis chapter 38, verse 7, it says, And Er, he said, Joshua's firstborn, or Jimmy, Judah's firstborn, was wicked in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord slew him. And Judah said unto Oran, Go unto thy brother's wife and marry her, for to raise up seed to thy brother. So now we see here from the scripture that God had intended for the purpose of man and woman for the purpose of bringing forth seed, or listen now, or bringing forth life. So that was that term, know her, was for the purpose of bringing forth life. But now we see here in Genesis that when this certain woman was married to a man and the man was not able to bring forth his seed, I want you to watch this, God has so situated in his word that when a man was not able to bring forth seed, that another person of his family, listen, will go unto that woman and, and particularly his brother to bring up seed, listen, so that his brother's name may continue in the earth. Are you following me? So now that we talk about bringing forth life, but there's a purpose in bringing forth life because God wants to see that, that, that the human race procreate in order to sustain their existence on this earth. And that's why God told Adam, go forth and what? Replenish the earth. God didn't want to just see Adam and Eve, but God actually, Brother Banner said in the message spoke on original seed, God wanted to see an earth full, listen now, full of sons and daughters of God. That was God's intention from the beginning. So when God wanted this relationship to happen, this relationship was for the purpose of bringing forth seed. Now I want you to watch this. So he told her, he said, he said, go into thy brother's wife to bring forth seed after her. You see, the purpose of the act was to bring forth seed or children and not just children, but for children for the purpose of carrying on somebody's name. And since the man wasn't there to carry on his own name, his brother who had the same name, listen now, was supposed to carry on his name. And she could have went out and married another man because she was a free woman. Her husband had died. So as far as that's concerned, she was out from under that. But if she would have done so, listen, she would not have carried on the name of her husband that has now passed. But by going into his brother, not only would she carry the same name, but he would also have the same blood that his brother had, meaning the same life as brother can now exists through his brother in her. Are you following me? So the purpose of this relationship wasn't just for the sake of having children, but it was to carry on somebody's name in the earth. Are you following me? Let me go a little further. And so when God had a desire with the first son, Adam, he told him, he told him uh, not only to go forth and be forth and fruitful and multiply, he said, but bring forth children, listen now, that was supposed to carry on Adam's image that Adam had inherited from who? From God. 
So the life that Adam had actually came from God, his father. And so now God wanted to see Adam carry on, listen, that same life in the earth. And so children, Brother Bam said, weren't initially supposed to be born the way that we have them now. But in the beginning, if they had come the original way, the way Adam came, he said, we're all going to come that way in the resurrection. What is it? It's going to be a spoken word. God's going to call the dead's name, listen, and they're going to rise from the dust of the earth. That was the original way that God had intended to bring forth life. But when sin came, we have a secondary way now to bring forth life, but God still desires to see life continue in the earth. Now, I want to go a little further. So Tamar could have listened, could have had children by another man, but it would have not been by the name of her husband, neither would have been by his blood. So therefore, his name would have ceased to be in the earth. But that's not what God wanted for his children. God's children would have come in his name. Listen, and God wants to see that name continue in all the earth. Where? In his children. Let me go a little further. So therefore, listen, Adam bore the name of his bore the name of his father, and he bore also the blood that he had received from his father. And so that's what made Adam a son of God. He was literally a spoken word of God, and God wanted to see that son bring forth more sons like him into the earth. But let me go a little bit further on this thought. In the book of 1 John, the third chapter, verse 11, we find out that when Cain came forth, because Cain came forth from the wicked one, He didn't bear the image of the one that created man. He actually was a perverted type of a life. Listen, that was a life, but it was not the original life that God wanted. If you look at 1 John 3, verse 11, it says, For this is the message that you heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. Not as Cain, listen, who was of that wicked one, and slew his brother, and wherefore slew he him, because his own works were evil, and his brother's works was righteous. So we see in Cain that even though Cain was the bringing forth of life, it was not the life that God wanted. Are you following me? Even though it was a bringing forth of life, because it wasn't life, listen, that came forth after the perfect will or program of Almighty God. So God is not only interested in bringing forth life, as he told Adam, as he told Noah, but God wants to see a certain type of life, a life that comes forth, that's actually able to perform his will and manifest, listen, manifest his name in the earth. And I want to go a little bit further. So Cain represented that first seed to the woman, but he did not represent God. But he represented something wicked because he came in such a perverted way. Now, if you look at 1 Corinthians chapter, uh, excuse me, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3. And this is where we talk about, well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to bypass this for a minute because it's still dealing with Cain. But I want to I kind of move for that for, for time sake tonight because I don't want to spend too much time on that. Cain did not come God's provided way. Cain came as a matter of perversion. So even though he was a life in the earth, he was not the life that God had intended. So therefore... Cain's nature, listen, was a nature that was contrary to God. And because of his nature, Cain was a rejecter of the word. Now, God's desire was to have sons and daughters, but God's desire was to have sons and daughters, listen, that had a desire in them to live by his word. Because when Christ came, Christ said, man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Moses wrote in the book of Deuteronomy, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God and serve the Lord with all thine heart, all thy soul, and all thy might. Why? Because it was God's desire to have human beings in the earth, but these human beings were to have a nature, listen, that by nature their desire would be, listen, to serve God by his word. And Brother Bama said, and by serving by his word, you're actually doing his will by serving. 
serving him by his word. Now, let me go a little bit further here. So if you look at the book of St. John, chapter 15, verse 7, the way that we serve him is by that word. But now I'm going to take it a little bit further. It's not the law in the way that the Pharisees wanted to serve him by the word because they tried to serve him according to human efforts or human's ability. But God doesn't want us to serve him by his word by human effort. God wants you to serve him by his word by, listen, by allowing that word to come in you and by that word to perform its own effort or its own works. Because when the word comes forth, it comes forth with its own power to bring its own manifestation to pass. But what the word is looking for is ground because the word is a seed. The word is looking for ground in which it can be implanted that the ground could be the harvest for where the word comes into manifestation. Are you following me? So Jesus Christ put it this way in simple words, St. John 15, verse 7. If ye abide in me, listen, and my words where? Abide in you. Ye shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit, so ye shall be my disciples. So it wasn't just the fact that the word would abide in you and that the word would come forth, but in the word coming forth, what is it going to do? It's going to glorify the Father in heaven because that's the reason he created man in the first place. God wanted to see his word manifested in you. And in doing so, guess what? You're actually manifesting his name where? In the earth. Let me go a little bit farther with this thought. This was God's idea in the beginning that his words would abide in the man and live in the man, then God's life through this act, listen, of his life living in the man by his seed, which is the word, will bear his name in the earth through his children, and God will be glorified in his sons. Now, if you look at St. John chapter 17, verse 25, and I'm just laying a little foundation, we're going to get to a point. Jesus Christ puts it like this, O righteous Father, the world has not known thee, but I have known thee, and these have known thee that thou hast sent me. And I have declared, listen, unto them thy name. So when Christ came to earth, he recognized that as a son of God, the purpose for the son of God was, listen, to bear the name of the father, that the name of the father might be glorified, listen, or manifested in the earth. But that was the problem with Cain's seed. When Cain was born, because he came in a perverted way by another nature, he was not able to glorify God, but by his nature, he actually opposed the very word that came to him to correct him. Now, I want you to watch this. So this was his problem. Not that he didn't know the word, but there was nothing in him to desire to want to manifest that word. But I believe tonight I'm speaking to sons and daughters of God. We're not perfect creatures and we make our mistakes. But yet there is something in your heart where you say, Lord, my desire is to manifest that word. I might fall to the left. I might fall to the right. But God give me grace to get back up and try it again. Why? Because my desire is to manifest that word. Why? That's an attribute of a child of God. Now, let me go a little bit further. I have declared unto them thy name and will declare it, that the love wherein thou hast loved me may be in them and I in them. Jesus was saying that he had already manifested God's name in the earth. How? By manifesting the word for that age, listen, that God had ordained for him to manifest. That's how he declared God's name. For God is the word. In the book of John chapter 1, verse 1, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. God created man for this purpose to have seed upon the earth that through that seed, God might be able to manifest his name upon the earth. That was his visions. Now, if you look at Ephesians chapter three, verse 14, 
Paul says this, for this cause I bow my knees unto the father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, of whom the whole family of heaven and earth is named. You see, God wants his children to carry on his name in the same way that in the Old Testament, when a man died and he left a wife as a widow, if he had a brother, the desire of that wife, if she was a good wife, was she knew the importance of carrying on his seed and his name. And even though he was going in the physical, there was still a way she could accomplish that by going unto a brother because he had the same bloodline. He had the same name and she could still do honor to her husband to bring forth his name in the earth. What was God expressing? He was showing his desire. He wanted wanted to have children in this earth that would carry his name and express his likeness no matter how dark this age gets God still wants children that in this age could shed a light that somebody can look at you and say there goes a child of God Amen. are you following me now watch this of whom the whole family of heaven referred aid is named Jesus came in the father's name and we are we come in the same name in the name of Jesus Christ and our faith in that word to be born again is producing a life in you. Listen, to allow that name to continue on. Now watch this. In the book of First Peter, chapter 1, verse 23, it says, being born again, listen, not of corruptible seed. Now watch this seed. The seed is the word. And what's the word's purpose? The word comes to bring forth life. It's a spiritual type of the natural. In the same way that a man would plant seed, that his life would be into a woman to bring forth life, God uses the word to plant seed. Listen, that in you and I, he could bring forth life. Now watch this. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. Paul puts it like this in Galatians, Galatians chapter three, verse one. O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that ye should not obey the truth, but for whom eyes Jesus Christ has been evidently set forth, crucified among you. This only would I learn of you, receive ye the spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing, listen now, of faith. So God doesn't only want to sow a seed, but the seed is not supposed to be an intellectual concept, but God sows a seed that the individual might receive that word by faith. Why? Brother Bam said faith doesn't work up here. Faith only works down here. So if God's going to sow a seed, and if we're going to be born again by that seed, you can't be born again by the intellectual concept. It's going to take a revelation of the seed to you personally. And Brother Bam said that's the new birth. When Jesus Christ is revealed to you, Personally, are you following me? And what does that faith do? It allows you now to operate according to the word that's living in you. And what are you doing? You're now carrying on that name. Let me go a little further. You see, it's the hearing or receiving the word by faith that produces the works. It's what God brings, it's what God's spirit brings into a man. And God manifests his name by making his life, which is that word by that spirit. He manifests his name by making his life manifest in that man or woman. That was God's vision in the beginning with Adam and Eve. And that's still God's vision now. God has not changed his plan one bit. He still makes man a certain way. In the Bible, it said that God made man what? A living soul. Why a living soul? Why was Adam made a living soul? There was no other creation upon earth at that time that was given a soul other than man because man was the only part of creation, listen, that God desired to live in. 
God could manifest himself in the trees. You could see his nature in the trees body life. Brother Brandon said you could. You could see his nature in the animals in the kingdom. If you look at the lion, if you look at the eagle, the different ones, you can see God's manifest in his creation. But God doesn't live in them in the same way he wants to live in you. God can manifest certain characteristics to them, but his very life, his very nature was designed to, or you, excuse me, was designed for that nature to live inside of you. Now, let me go a little bit further. If you look at Matthew chapter 5, verse 16, the Bible says, Let your light so shine before men that they might see your good works. Listen, and glorify your Father which is in heaven. You see, God wants to be manifested. And God's desire to manifest was designed to happen not in everything, but in his children. Trees can reflect him. Animals can reflect him in certain ways, in certain characteristics, but his spirit cannot live in them in the same capacity in which it can live in a born again son and daughter of almighty God. That's our calling. Let our light shine that man could not see our works, but man will see his works and then glorify God, which is in heaven. So God interprets his own word in us by bringing that word to pass. Now, this is where denominations fail. They don't seek first to manifest that word. Now, let me take my jacket off here. This is where I want to get to my thought. Denominations, listen, they take a certain view on the word. They're not like the ones on Mars here to say, well, who is God? They're not like the ones on Mars Hill to say, well, what is his name? They're not like those people. Most people that would identify as Christians today, even in the denomination of sense, they will tell you that God has a name. They will tell you that God actually came to earth. Many of them, not all of them, many of them will tell you he actually came to earth and manifested in the form of a son. And they'll say that that son was God in the flesh and that son had a name and the name is Jesus Christ. And by that all sufficient name, we worship him because through that name that God came and gave us power in that name. They will say that by the authority of this word. But then what they fail to recognize is why did that son come and die? Not that he might just redeem us back to a place called heaven, but that son came and died to divorce sin. Because Brother Bam says sin created a chasm. And what was that chasm? There was a rift, a gap between man and God. But God didn't want to didn't want to build a bridge, Brother Bam say. God literally closed the chasm so that the man and God were not separated, but the two literally become one again. And the only way that could happen is that God, that word has to be able to come back and live in you. And the only way to do that is his life is, has to be birthed in you. That's why Christ said, except the man be born again, he cannot even see or understand the kingdom of God. God's kingdom is his life living in his children. Do you understand? So then they can take an approach to the word. And then by that approach, they could accomplish certain things and they could do certain things and they could even have certain results. And God will honor their results and their efforts as, more, as far as it goes by the word. But where they fall short is like Cain. When the word comes to correct their error, they refuse to receive the correction. But the Bible says, whom God loveth, he chasteneth and scourges every son whom he receiveth. Why? Because sons want to be corrected. Brother Holloway got enough sense to realize I ain't right about everything I do. 
I got enough sense to realize I ain't right about everything I say. So if I know I ain't right and I, I'm not doing it because I know I'm wrong, <laughs> but I know some things I might think or say might not be right, even though I think they are. I leave myself open for a greater one to come and correct that thought, to come and correct that attitude, or come and correct that way of life. And that one is God because I'm here, listen, to represent his name in this earth. And I don't want to misrepresent that name. Do you understand? And as sons and daughters of God, we're coming to the revelation of why am I here? Why are you here? You're here as representation of that name. And the only way that that representation can come is it's got to be a relationship. Somebody's got to know somebody to bring forth that child. A woman doesn't do it by herself. A man doesn't do it by himself. It takes two to come together. For this cause shall a man leave a woman and two shall become one flesh. And by that relationship, there comes forth life. Well, the same is true with God. God is the one that carries the seed, but there's got to be a womb somewhere that God could plant that seed. And by planting that seed, it brings us to say, listen, the same life that's in that seed. I'm not a farmer, but I'm trying to be. My wife and I, this past year, we planted several items in the backyard and we got some. We ate a little bit, a little bit. But next year, I plan to do much better. I learned from my mistakes, but I realized this. Whatever you put in the ground, that's what you're going to get. And one of the things I learned was the best fertilizer that I found out you could put on a crop is compost. You could go out and buy these jobs and strobes and all the stuff you can get at Lowe's and Home Depot. and It might do something good for your garden. But if you want to see that garden jump, put you some real compost on it. And I'm not talking about this stuff that you buy, the mushroom stuff in the bag from Lowe's. I'm talking about some real manufactured compost with leaves and food and everything you put in there and let it break down and let all the background, I don't know how to explain it, they come together and they turn a good rich dirt and you put that in there and you watch that garden jump. So I said, you know what I'm going to do next year? I planted one pound of compost last year and that one mile went fast. So next year I'm going to have five or six miles because I'm going to have it last me all summer long. And so I started, I'm already making now my compost miles for next year. I got five in my backyard right now. And when I made my number two pound, my new mound of compost, we made it by taking table scraps, vegetables only. Now, don't be throwing no meat up in there. You'll ruin it. Vegetables, fruits and vegetables. Throw your fruits and vegetables in there because that, those things actually cause that, that, those leaves and those green stuff to break down real good. And I was throwing all the food scraps we had. And one day I went out to turn my compost and I had leaves growing out of it. I said, what is this? The seed, listen, was responding to the soil. The atmosphere in the soil allowed the seed, listen, to germinate. But because I was just throwing everything we were eating in that compost pile, I have no idea what this is coming up. So I said, I'm going to take it out and put it in a flower pot. Just watch it. I ain't planting. I'm not looking for a crop. I just throw it in there to make compost, and now I'm getting the garden again. So I let it, let it grow for a couple of weeks, and the leaves started taking shape, and I started seeing flowers. I said, I'm not a farmer, so I don't know what it is. But it looks kind of like a squash to me. I let it grow for about a month, and all of a sudden I found out it started turning up a little produce on it, a little green thing about the size of my thumb. I said, it's, it's a zucchini. I threw some zucchini in there, so the zucchini coming forth. But what am I saying? I could only get out of that mound what went in there. God will only get out of you. Listen, what goes in there. And so God's desire is to take his seed his word and put that word in you and when that word goes into you God knows exactly what's coming out of that dirt 
It might take weeks to come. It might take months to come. It might take years to come. But God's patient because he knows once he plants that seed, he knows what kind of crop is going to come forth. And not just any kind of crop, but the crop has got to be the seed or the word that was ordained, listen, for the age in which you were living. So denominations will take this Bible and they'll plant seeds, but the problem is the crop that they're planting is a seed from another season, from another age. Now let me tell you what happened to that zucchini I planted. That zucchini lived for about two months. And the zucchini's got about the size of twice the size of my thumb. Still a small zucchini. Had a long way to go. I said, but that zucchini's got a problem. It's growing in the wrong season. I didn't plant it to grow. I planted it to make compost. But because it had a couple of warm days, it decided it wanted to grow. It just was a seed planted. Listen, though it was a true seed in the wrong season. So when God's word is planted, you got to recognize it can't just be the seed. It can't just be the word. But it's got to be the word that was ordained for that season. Because the light of the age is what shined on that seed to make it grow. And so if you plant the wrong crop in the wrong season, you might get a sprout. But you'll never bring it to harvest. Why? It's the wrong season. That's why Brother Brown said Moses' message won't work today. Noah's message won't work today. It's got to be the seed ordained for this season because that's the light God is shining upon this age. And that seed is going to bring forth the sons for this age. Are you following me? Now, I want you to watch this. God's desire was to bring forth seed, but denominations would take the Bible and they'll sow certain scriptures and though it be the word, but it was not what God has ordained for manifestation for this age. But you and I were ordained not just to be here to be church members, but you were given an ear to hear to recognize the seed that's actually being sown for this age and then have a heart to receive it. Now watch this. Those churches, those people in Matthew 7 that said, I knew that name. I want to make this real clear. They were not hypocrites. I don't want you to get some idea that these, these far off people that were wicked people. No, sir, that wasn't their intent. At the day of judgment, they were a little bit surprised because they had had such good results in his name. They knew for sure if anybody's going in, I'm one of them. But they were surprised because when they got to that gate, God said, I never knew you. He said, Lord, Lord, no, 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 no. You don't understand. I'm that one that in that altar. When I said, Lord, in thy name, cast this devil out. And you heard me. And you came down. And you cast the devil out. Lord, I'm that person. You follow me. So they said, I never knew you. They're baffled. Because the knowing he's talking about was I knew you in terms of what you were doing. I knew you in terms of the gift that I predestined to you. I knew you the day you came to the altar and cried in my name. I knew all about that. But when I came to you to know you intimately, when I came in you to plant my seed of this age inside of you, you rejected the seed of the age. And when you rejected the seed of the age, you were rejecting me. I knew of you. But you will not allow me to know you. Do you understand? Now, let me go a little further. They became identified with church relationship above Christ-centered relationship. They were more concerned about what the Baptists thought of their ministry 
They were more concerned on what the Pentecostals thought about their ministry. They were more concerned to know what the latter rain thought about their ministry than what God thought about their ministry. And so even though they were going in his name and they were having success, it wasn't according to his perfect will because this perfect will would have been for the seed of the age to come forth. But they were more concerned about the gifts and the anointed than they were the seed of the age. Let me give you what Brother Bam said in Christ the mystery of God revealed. So many people take a confession and say, it's got to this place now. Are you a Christian? I'm a Methodist. Well, that's a long way for me in making yourself known as a Christian. Well, look what the Methodist does. I'm Baptist. Well, look what the Baptist does. I'm Catholic. Well, look what they do. See? But the only way, listen, that you can actually be a Christian is for Christ to identify himself in you. You see the intimacy. It wasn't just the anointing to operate a gift. But Christ, being the word of the age, has to come to the individual, and then the word of the age has to identify himself in you. The same way that zucchini was in that there. I didn't know there was zucchini seed in there. But in the right atmosphere, it identified itself. And if Christ's seed ever finds a true believing heart, that seed will come forth, listen, and it will identify itself. Amen. Now watch this. Brother Bam says, but the only way that you can actually be a Christian is for Christ to identify himself in you. How we got a stinger there. I hope everybody on the tape gets that too, see. You say I'm Pentecostal. That don't mean a thing. You say, it's Christ identified in you. That's when he has recognized, knows you. He's recognized you. You're not strangers anymore. He now knows you, not in terms of knowing you're there, but now he has recognized you because now he has found a place where he can live inside of you. And the two of you have now become one. Now, watch this. Christ is identified in you. That's when he has recognized you. See, I spoke in tongues. Now, we're getting to Matthew 7. You say, I spoke in tongues. He said, devils do too. See, I shouted. Mohammedans, Buddhas, and everything shouts. The Indians scream at a snake dance. See, they all do. Cults, clans, everything. Screams and hollers. They holler and shout at the baseball game. But when Christ is identified in you, identifying himself, then you're Christ-like, which the word Christian means to be Christ-like. He said, there's your identification. So to listen, now this is me speaking. So you see, today, millions of people that are truly anointed by God's spirit, I'm talking about the genuine Holy Spirit, they refuse the word of the age that wants to manifest or identify itself in them. So they're actually saying to God, God, I know about you and your power, but to allow you to come in, listen, and your seed to take control of me, they refuse his seed. And then when they refuse to see, watch this, they refuse being his children because the only way to be a real son and daughter of God, you've got to be born of that seed. Do you understand I'm getting that? Now, let me go a little bit further. The seed is the thing that God wants to manifest upon the earth because the Bible's already promised. God said, when I sow a seed in any age, my seed shall not come back. What? Shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that purpose for which I sent it. That means there's going to be some predestinated in every age that has within them the ear to hear and receive the word that God is sowing for that age. And I believe tonight I'm preaching to some of those people that there's a people here tonight that says, Lord, I desire to have that seed live in me. And you're opening up your heart for it to take first place. Now watch this. Not only the word, but it's got to be the word of the age. 
Denominations like to take his name as a Christian, but they refuse to manifest the word of the age. They refuse to bring forth God-given children. But just like Eve, they bring forth a child when she brought forth Cain. But they're bringing forth the wrong kind of children. You ask them, who are they? They're Baptists. You ask them, who are they? They're Methodists. And we're getting very close to that routine. Listen to me now. Right now, we're more concerned with whether or not they're what we call message. But that's still not it. What he's actually looking for is the word seed to find good ground that hears the voice of God from the message speaking to you as an individual. And you hear the word of God by the will of God. And when you hear it, something in you says amen Amen. to what you've heard. Mama couldn't explain it the right way. Daddy couldn't break it down the right way. And maybe the preacher got his wires crossed every now and then. But somehow or another, the Holy Spirit found you. And when that voice spoke to you, you said amen. amen. And when you did, God found you. You follow me? That's what God's looking for. Sons and daughters of God that can recognize his voice because his sheep hear his voice and they follow him because they become one with the word. Let me go a little bit further. I think you'll see the point I'm making. In the message, blasphemous names, Brother Bam said, now they holler at me and kick, about kicking against organizations. He said, it's those blasphemous names. They call themselves churches of God, churches of Christ, churches of Methodist churches and churches. Or, he said, but it's lodges, not churches. He said, one church, that's the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And what is it? It's the mystical body of Christ in operation on the earth. What does he mean in operation? They've received the seed for their age. And now once they receive that seed, that seed in them is now living and producing what God has sold it to do in that age. In Luther's age, it was for the just to live by faith. In Wesley's age, it was for a sanctified life. In the Pentecostal age, they got carried away with the gifts of the Spirit. And Brother Bram said in Matthew, listen, chapter 7, he said that he believed that that identified the Pentecostal church age. Why? He said, because if you notice, they said, we've done this in thy name. And he said his name came back when? After it was lost in the dark ages, it returned in the Pentecostal age. So here's a group of people that identified, the prophet did, as Pentecostal believers that at least come as far as to recognize the gifts of the Spirit. That's why they could cast out devils in his name. But yet when the message of the age came, what did they do? They closed their womb to it and didn't want to hear it. And in Revelation 3, what happened? Christ was on the outside of the church. Why? Because they rejected his seed. Let me go a little further. Now watch Matthew 7 for a minute here. Matthew 7. Many will say unto me in that day, I'm about to close a little bit, just give me a little bit longer. Many will say unto me in that day, Lord, Lord, have not we prophesied in thy name? In thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name have done many wonderful works. Now I profess unto them I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. This is where it gets tricky. They claim they manifested God's works and did it in his name. And they had testimonies, listen, to prove their claims. Now, if he had said, I cast out devils in your name, Jesus could have said, no, you didn't. They said, we prophesied in the name. He said, no, you didn't. But he never denied their testimonies. But what he denied was not knowing them. What he denied was not having the relationship that they were ordained as children. If they were going to be true children, they denied him that relationship. 
but yet they did accept the spirit. They did accept the works or the blessings that came with his name. But what they didn't want to do, listen, was bring forth his seed in the earth, which was the word of the age. Now, I want you to watch this. They did speak in tongues. They did prophesy, which, and they preached. But he said, I never knew you. What was missing was the manifestation of his seed in them for the age in which they were living. His seed was not a gift. Listen, uh, when I say gift, I mean, it was not a, a gift like speaking in tongues or, or casting out devils. Nor was it a church group, but his seed was the made the word of God made flesh and manifested for the age in which it was sown. And what these people were doing was they were actually focusing more on the demonstration of the spirit. Listen, instead of God's intended manifestation, let me show the prophet said about that. Bear me for a minute. In the message, the meanest man I know. Excuse me. Wrong, wrong quote. Brother Bramble said in Satan's Eden. I heard Brother Neville say this morning, someone might have been asking him, why didn't I preach on the Holy Ghost? Why didn't I do this? Now, see, this man that's asking this question is probably no doubt got the same mentality as Matthew 7 because they perceive the Holy Ghost a certain way. They think if you're talking about the Holy Ghost, surely you're talking about casting out devils. If you're talking about the Holy Ghost, surely you're talking about speaking in tongues. Watch this. They asked him, why didn't Brother Brown speak about the Holy Ghost? Brother Brown said, here it is. The Holy Ghost is an action in you. It's a life, not an emotion, not some sort of fleshly evidence, but it is a person, Jesus Christ, the word of God established in your heart to quicken every word of the age. Isn't that right? Now, I'm not against speaking in tongues. I'm not against casting out devils. I wish we had a lot more of that. I wish we had a lot more of both of them. I wish we had a lot more of fleshly manifestations. I would like to see more of it in my own life. Even though I've seen God heal the sick. I've seen God do, I've seen God in the, offer miracles even after a prayer. I've seen that in my own eyes. But I wish I could see more of it. But I'll tell you, what I'd rather have right now, more than any devil cast out to, to, in, 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 in that sense, is to have more of the love of God Amen. take control of my life Amen. that I would so love him that I would sacrifice anything to please him. Amen. You understand? Amen. And that type of life only comes by his spirit. Paul says in Romans 5, by the love of God shed abroad in your heart. How? By the Holy Spirit. Ghost, you don't get that kind of love by human emotion. That's why he said it's not an emotion. It's got to be a person that's in there projecting his own love back to himself. It's not you loving God, but it's God in you loving himself back. And these people in Matthew 7, they had certain manifestations, but what they didn't have was that real evidence that God was looking for when a man has known him. Or better yet, I should say, when he has known them. Let me go a little further. Not a fleshly evidence, but a person of Jesus Christ, the word God established in your heart to quicken every word of this age. He says, right. Watch the Holy Ghost in action. Not so much in demonstration. Watch Matthew 7. Not so much in demonstrations, but in action. What it does in accordance to the word. 
Now, see these in Matthew 7, that's why he called them workers of iniquity. They had the actions or demonstrations, excuse me, not actions, they had the demonstrations, but when it came to full obedience to the word, he said, depart from me, ye that work, what? Iniquity. When God's word of correction came to them, they were the Balaam types. God's word of correction came to Balaam. Balaam was anointed. Balaam was gifted. Balaam could say, God, I've seen you in visions. God, I prophesied in your name. Balaam could say all of those things. But when the word of correction came to Balaam, what was his attitude? He was just like Cain. He didn't want to hear it. Why? Because he was demonstrated. He was wrong seed. But if he was a child of God, when the word came, it might have cut him to the high. But he'd have been willing to do what? To do the father's will. Because that's why he's there as a son. Now, what I'm saying is not easy. I'm not saying doing God's will is going to always be howdy, howdy. I'm not going to say you're going to always be glad to do it. I'm not going to say you're always going to volunteer yourself to do it. When Jesus Christ was in the Garden of Gethsemane, that was the hardest decision he ever made in all of his life. God came to him and said, I need you now to do one more act of obedience. Paul said in Philippians chapter 2 that he was a son that gave himself unto obedience even obedience to death of the cross. He wrote about him again in Hebrews, about what he suffered. He learned obedience through the things that he suffered. It wasn't an easy decision, but as a son, he realized that when the word began to talk to him, it wasn't a man speaking to him. It wasn't a pastor speaking to him. It wasn't a prophet speaking to him. When the word sought him out and the word came to him in the Garden of Gethsemane and revealed to him, now was the hour for your body to be crucified. That was the hardest decision as a man Jesus ever had to make. But what did he do? Brother said that decision was such a strain on his mind that it caused his blood to begin to separate in his body and his body began to sweat, droplets of blood. Why? The strain of that one decision when all the sins of the world were coming upon him and he knew as one man he had to bear all that. But there was only one decision to be made. Is it the will of the Father? Because if I'm a son... Listen, if I'm a son, I'm here for one reason. God wanted me here that his word, his will could live in me in such a way that in my action toward his word, he'll be glorified. That was all he had to decide, my brother. Then once he recognized what God's will was, there was one thing left. Am I willing to do that? That's the case with every one of us as sons and daughters. We don't always get the right decision the first time. Brother Branham was over there in Africa. God said, don't go down to that meeting with them brothers. He said, I set you a meeting up over in India. He said, I want you to go over to a certain place. Don't go with them. He said, but Lord, they've got the meeting set up. They they got me on the program. They want me to come with them. They say, I'm not the only one got the right answer. He said, you can go, but you're going to pay for it. You see, God was training him in every circumstance. Don't lean to your own understanding. As the Holy Spirit is leading, you're a son now. Sons and daughters of God are led how? By the Spirit of God. Just let the Father lead you no matter what it looks like in your eyes. Because in your eyes, you say, if I do that, it's going to cost me a whole lot. Let me give you a, a, a testimony, if I could. Brother Bama said about that. In the message, uh, 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 Christ, the mystery of God revealed. Brother Bama said, let the word of God shine forth first, no matter what anything else looks like. I don't care what the intellectuals say or the other. 
It has nothing to do with it. You say, but if I do this, what is it going to cost me? If I do this, I might suffer this. He said, don't let the intellectuals get into the conversation. If you're sure you heard the voice of God, pack out the will of God by the word of God. You're listening. Now watch this. He said, don't care if the intellectuals say this, that, or the other. It has nothing to do with it. God's word said so, and we are more than able to take it. Brother Bam said, if I had preached that in my church, now he's quoting the minister. He said, a minister told me, said, if I had preached that in my church, I'd be preaching to four posts. Because now watch this now. The man, when Brother Branham was talking to him, he didn't deny what Brother Branham said wasn't right. I'm bringing this now to Matthew 7. Minister to minister. He's not denying that what the prophet is showing him isn't right. But he recognized if I take that approach to the word, do you realize what it would cost me? You understand? But if you really see to God and the desire is to please God, you weigh that thing out. You don't worry about what it's going to cost you here. Your mind is way down the road because I know that I'm going to answer to God one day for this sermon I'm preaching here tonight. Not because I'm nobody special, but every minister will get a chance to answer for every sermon he ever preached. Are you following me? So Brother Brown said, when I stand before God's people, I don't take it lightly. And as I get older, I'm recognizing how true that is. I don't take a sermon lightly. Are you following me? And so I don't worry about my decision in terms of what it's going to cost me today. I'm looking down the road. And when I face God on that day, he said, I actually do so-and-so. I want to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Not me producing the works. Listen but me yielding my body that he can do with it what he wants to do. Are you following me? Now, I want to show you your difference between Matthew 7. Matthew 7 were workers of iniquities because they had received the correction. Or excuse me, let me change my words there because I misunderstand some, somebody might misunderstand that. They had heard the correction, like this man right here. But they would not receive the correction. But let me show you, you and I. Turn to the book of Romans. The book of Romans, chapter 12, and this is where I close. You see, you were ordained to be here. You were ordained to live in this age. Brother Bram said he planned our lives generations way back, mixing this one with that one and this one with this one and that one. Knowing exactly what time to bring forth your life into this earth. So Michael Holloway is not in his age because it just happens to be that my great great grandfather, who was Irish, came to the United States and met an Indian woman who didn't have a child, who met a black woman, and didn't have this one, met this. So I'm part Irish, part Indian, and part African American. You say, boy, I'm, I'm almost like Brother Brown. Brother Brown was part Irish and part Indian, he just didn't have the African American. But all I'm trying to say is God put these together for a reason. It wasn't an accident. You're not here by accident. God ordained you for this age. Listen, even for this area. You're, you say, I'm living because I got a good, good job offer. I'm living because my mom and dad was born here. That's a very shallow way to look at it. You're here because there was something God wanted to attain or, or, or that ordained to do it in this area. And he wanted to have somebody here to accomplish that. And that's why he put you here. So now our desire should be, well, Lord, if you went through all that trouble 
from my great, 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 great grandfather on down, on down, on down. And you passed certain laws and times and made certain things happen and I would be here. It wouldn't at least behoove us to say, well, God, why did you put me here? Didn't not the Bible even say that Jesus Christ was born in the fullness of time? He could not come, Brother Brown said, until it was the right time. Neither could you and I come until it was our right time. And if it's our right time, then it's our desire to say, Lord, well, if you ordain me to be here, let me know. What would you have me to do? Where does your seed want to work in me to produce Christ to this generation? This is us in closing. Romans 12, verse 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, don't be like Matthew chapter 7. <laughs> I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and accepted unto God, which is your reasonable service. In other words, for me to surrender my life to his use is just my reasonable service. Listen. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's the word of the age. Listen, revealed to you personally that you might prove something. What is a good and acceptable and perfect will of God? Matthew 7 did the permissive will of God. They got results, but not according to the word. I don't want to just have results, fleshly manifestations. I want everything to be in order with the word. Why, Brother Holloway? Because in that, the father is glorified. Because it's not Brother Holloway when you do it like that. When you do it like that, that's him operating in his children. And he's doing it according to his word. And when he operates in you according to his word, it's not you that's glorified. It's him that's glorified. I didn't have this in my notes, but if you read, let me read one more scripture, and then I, I, I will let you go. My wife told me, said, don't tell him you're going to let him go if you ain't going to let him go. <laughs> now, 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 I'm, I'm not lying. I just don't know better. <laughs> when I said it, I really meant it. Second Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 6, and this is where I close. Seeing it is a righteous thing with God to recompense tribulations to them that trouble you. And to you who are troubled, rest with us. When the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels, that's this age, and flaming fire taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is Matthew 7. Who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. When he shall come to be glorified, where? In his saints. God wants to be glorified in his children. Not by our works, but by his works in us. But it's going to take a people that's dedicated, completely dedicated, to allow him to have this body, to pregnate our heart by his word. Listen, anointed by the Holy Spirit, for this age, to bring forth Christ in this age. Therein is Christ in this age glorified. Let's bow our heads. Let's bow our heads. Dear Heavenly Father, musicians will come.
I want to thank you for your grace. Lord, I say it again. We're not a perfect people. Your prophet even said a true believer. Lord, if he really loves you, he makes a mistake daily. It's our flesh we war against. Paul said, in my flesh I make mistakes, but in my heart I serve God. Lord, that's our desire. I say sincerely before the people, Lord, I've made many mistakes. Just this week, Lord, I've been going over my own life and recognizing, Lord, where I'm not, where I should be at this time. And, Lord, I'm just asking that you'll help me as I ask that you would help all that are in the presence of my voice. Lord, it's our desire as children of God to please our Father, to open our hearts, the womb of our soul. Say, Father, sow your seed in us. And that seed is going to bring forth a crop, a crop ordained for this season. And Lord, yielding to you might mean giving up some things, Lord, that we held dear to our lives. But Lord, anything that would hinder the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, Lord, let us have enough grace to let it go. Lord, and give your word first place. Lord, bless this group tonight. Let every head bow. Is there any desire tonight? You know in your own heart there's something in you longing to be more Christ-like. There's something in you longing to see the word of the age made fully manifest. Not so much in fleshly demonstrations, but the mellow sweetness of the Holy Spirit to live and guide your life, to love others, even those that would despitefully use you. You would desire more of that life. Just raise your hand before God and say, God, that's my desire. I really mean that, Lord. I really, really mean that. And I cannot do it without your help. God, you see the hands and minds up also. God, I ask by the Holy Spirit that's present here tonight. Lord, I believe you gave me this word for this service, Lord. And I believe the word, oh God, the dove is going out, Lord, and I believe it's found a rest. I'm asking tonight, oh God, to forgive us of our sins. Wash us afresh by your Holy Spirit. Lord, may you give us such a mind and such a desire to love you more and, Lord, to love your word more. That it'll be our desire, oh God, to do whatever you would reveal to our hearts to do. God, grant it to us. Lord, I pray for the pastor in his absence, oh God. May you manifest, oh God, your love in him, Lord. May you express yourself in the work that he's going to do, Lord. May he do it in your name. And Lord, I pray, oh God, that he finds a church when he comes home, a church, oh God, that's even, oh God, more in love, even, even progressed even in his absence, Lord, that the pastor will be pleased to see his people in that condition. Bless, oh God. We ask your grace. Lord, once again, we say forgive us of our sins, anoint us of your spirit. Lord, move in us in a way to make us what you've wanted us to be. We ask it in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. 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 You give us a song, brother. I give myself away so you can use me. I give myself myself away so you can use me here I am here I stand Lord my life
myself away. I give myself away so you can use me. I give myself away. myself away so you can use me take my heart take my life as a living sacrifice all my dreams all my Myself away so you can use me. My life is not my own. To you I belong. Oh, I give myself, I give myself to you. My life is not my own. I give myself to you. I give myself away. Give myself away so you can use me. I give myself away. Give myself away so 